Hey folks, it's Sir Richard Wentworth. When you're ready to buy a car, True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these 3 easy steps. First, Download the True Car mobile app or go to truecar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step is simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. With True Car, you can save time, save money, and never overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit truecar.com today. Broadcast Network, AfterBuzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yeah, hey there everyone! <sighs> to the window, to the wall! To the wall. To the wall. <laughs> Welcome everyone to AfterBuzz TV. I am Miriam Gonzalez and we are here to do another after show for girls. Season 4, episode 2, the title being triggering. Joining me this evening is my fabulous panel, girls panel. To my left is the one and only fabulous Spicy Mari sizzling up in here. And then we have with us Hi guys, Candy Buenostro over here. And of course, we are always excited to bring back <laughs> the one, the only. Thomas Wyland. I'm not as sweet as Candy, but I'll do it right. <laughs> yeah. You know, we <laughs> have to have our... us the male perspective, Thomas. <laughs> exactly, we have Tomas. to have our token guy. <laughs> so and that way, just... you know, a little pers- a male perspective when it comes to girls is always good, especially when there's a lot of craziness that happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, tonight in this episode, we... Uh, Finally, finally, she's in Iowa. Finally. Finally, she's in Iowa, and she is starting her writing program, her graduate school writing program. And it's definitely different, but exciting. We see her, you know, starting out, which, by the way, how cheap is it to live in Iowa? (laughs) So the first place she saw was $250 a month, I believe. And in Los Angeles, that place, if you're lucky, would be nine in a bad part of town. Right. And then she bought a house or rented a house for eight hundred. And then we were Huge. debating over that if it was the 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 actual flat or if it was the house. And right. It turns out it, it was the we house. We thought it was maybe even just a room. We were like, how is she getting all this you know area for so cheap? I didn't realize Iowa was so affordable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, anything outside of a big city like you know New York, Miami, Los Angeles, San Francisco. 
outside of California. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be huge. Well, I mean, you can get there in the middle. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can go to Boise, Idaho, Iowa. Bad states. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, even, but New York is even more expensive to live mm-hmm. than California. So mm-hmm. she, yeah. you know, would even be saving some money coming here and moving here. Because New York is like twice as expensive. You'd be mm-hmm. living in a closet. Yeah. In New York. Pretty much. I've seen it. They, yeah, their apartments look like closets. <laughs> For 250 you'd be living in like upstate New York in someone else's closet. You know what I heard too is there's apartments in New York and Miriam, you grew up in New York briefly, yeah. I know, and apparently there's apartments that they actually have the toilet in the bedroom. This is like old school Manhattan apartments. I don't know if you've ever heard of Whoa. this or seen this, but they're actually really expensive apartments. They're in, I guess, lower lower Manhattan or something like that. I mean, I've been in a hotel where it felt like the bed, the toilet <laughs> was in, you know, the room. Super bizarre. One of my bosses was telling me how there was a commode in her, and I'm like, "You're kidding?" She goes, "No," and I'm like, "That's disgusting." Hi, anyway. honey. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, anyway. I'm about to drop a deuce. <laughs> so that's oh so it's a big God. change. Please a big, close your eyes. Big change for Hannah having moved from New York yes. to Iowa because we see her trying to convince also Marnie to move out that way. I mean, when you see. First of all, she's living a healthier life. She's having grapes as a snack now. She mm-hmm. feels, you know, at one with her body and her surroundings. You know, she's a little bit more at peace. I mean, when you're in Iowa, it's it's a lot quieter. We see her riding a bike versus, you know, hopping in cabs or having to, you know, get in a car. So it's different. It's definitely, you know, she's acclimating. And she's doing what she's passionate about. Although, you know, when we see her inside of her, her fiction writing class... She doesn't know how to exactly write, you know, outside, you know, outside of the box, so to speak. Well, outside of her personal experience, yes. because it was supposed to be a fiction writer's workshop, and she's writing about still herself. She's still the same self-involved Hannah. You took her out of New York, put her in Iowa. She's still the same person who, and she couldn't, she couldn't accept any of the constructive criticism that any of her mm-hmm. classmates mm-hmm. were giving her. Yeah, I love that she couldn't stay quiet. She was like, no, no, mm-mm, no, no. This mm-hmm. is my, what I think. Well, she was I, being defensive. Yeah. She was being extremely defensive. So mm-hmm. how can you learn if you're constantly defending your opinion when other people are trying to give you information that would possibly help her? her? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But did you like the disclaimer she gave before she read it out loud and said, you know, I'm free to all of your comments. You know, I let, share exactly what you're thinking. I want to, I want you to be open and be <laughs> able to express. And then just like you said, she just shot every single thing down and the teacher had to shush her. Yeah, and she, and it was not, that shushing was not working. <laughs> the teacher was just like, Hannah, Hannah, wait your turn. And it was just not working. Hannah was her same old self, self-involved and was cutting people off too, which is really rude when someone's in between their thoughts. I mean, we have to juggle here at AfterBuzz even being host, but she's in a platform where it's a learning environment and she's supposed to be hearing the opinions of others in order to expand on her writing. And she couldn't even do that for one minute. Well, I think, too, the content that she's writing about, you have to also remember she's coming from a place like New York where she can write and about stuff like that. You know, she's talking about her sexual experiences and, you know... These people in Iowa may not exactly have these type of experiences. She's talking about a thumbprint and, and you know, the thumb being pushed in and she's going black and blue and he punched her in the collarbone. I mean, they're like, I mean, the one girl was like, uh, I'm, was it not Logan, but, um, the girl with the, the, uh, Bob. Oh, the brunette. The brunette I didn't catch girl. her name. I didn't catch her name either. No. But she's like, I'm struggling, you know, on how to con- critique this piece. <gasps> yeah. You know, you're she's right. struggling on how to critique this piece because it, it's very dark. It's very, it's very Hannah. Mm-hmm. It's very Hannah and Adam. And, you know, they call her out on the fact that, you know, it's, it's, 
it's very her. You know, it's about a girl named Anna who has tattoos all over her body and and has to eat every two hours or she passes out (laughs) (laughs) as she's shoving like nuts in her mouth. (laughs) Not mean it like that, but you know, she's she's picking out while she's sitting in the class. So it's very obvious that this is not a fiction story. But the teacher says to her, you know, says you know, addresses the class and says, you know, we're going to address this no matter what. That every piece that comes in here is a fiction story, whether it's not. But do, did you get a sense of uh, like growth that her character has gone through? I, I got a sense of it just watching this episode that she's growing. She's still very immature as uh, Mari said, but she's she's growing as a person in her character. Something that I picked up from the very beginning. Where do you see mm-hmm. the growth? I see the growth not in class, obviously, because okay. she has a hard time with that. But just um, when she was apartment hunting, there was, a, there was a couple of times like when she was walking around and Lady was showing her a couple of places that she took a step back and ultimately she did stretch her budget, but she was trying to be conscious as what I felt when she was shopping. In the past, I, I, I don't feel we ever necessarily saw her make these big purchases or things like that. But I think, so what money is she using in order to pay for her apartment? Are That's her parents helping her? Yeah. No, she's off, remember? Because when the guy scolded her at the bookstore... She's apparently off of her parents' money because she's like, Mommy and Daddy don't pay for me. I'm off the teat. Or but something. I feel like she was just saying that because I don't think that Hannah really has enough credit to get an Amex card. And so what, what, it, le- <laughs> what it led me to the to believe, because prior to her going to Iowa, her parents said, anything that you need, we will help you in this uh. process. So I feel like she is still reaping the benefits of being, you know, the only child and having her parents take care of her. And I think when her classmates reprimanded her as being privileged, mm-hmm. I think that's when she was being defensive. So in her interaction with the guy at the counter at the register when she was paying for her stuff, I think she was trying to vocalize, you know, I'm doing this on my own, but really she's not. I think that was just a beard. Mm-hmm. Like her own personal guilt from having been reprimanded by her classmates. That's a good that argument. That was my, no, I think my right. perception. No, yeah. I think you're right about that. I think that, that she definitely was trying to prove a point because here she is. She's in grad school. She's not an undergrad. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, hey, I can take care of myself. I mean, we see that when they're at the party. You know, she's like, I'm 25. You know, I, I have more experience. I think she's trying to pull that whole thing. And, I mean, too, if I, I feel like if Hannah was paying for her place herself, the two fifty, we would have stopped there. Mm-hmm. When it's your mm-hmm. own money, you don't yeah. just spend frivolously like that. She doesn't need an entire house no. to herself. Mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. still her parents' money. That's why she bought an eight hundred dollar home as opposed to this two hundred and fifty dollar apartment that she could be renting out. Yeah. And save that money and pocket it. But when it's not yours, you're all <laughs> over the place. You're like ball out. No, okay. I, I retract right, my yeah. statement. <laughs> I think that she I, I would say I think she's becoming more rational. There you go. There's she's getting there. That's Go ahead, sorry. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I think her parents, in a sense, I think they wanted her out of New York and in a different environment. <laughs> right. So they would have... They wanted her to away from Adam to, yeah, and the to, drama that her friends come with. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Give her a little Amex. Here you go. Go to Iowa. Speaking of drama, what about that girl that told her not to chain her bike to the fence? I or think the she bike? stole the bike. That's what I'm thinking. She stole, she stole it. And, the then, bike? and then she rats her out in class. But but do we want to talk about her character? Remember you and I were yeah, discussing? Yeah, so we were trying to decide. She looked very masculine. We were trying to decide if she was uh, transvestite because she had very masculine, masculine features. We were not sure because we can't really tell. She could just have very strong bone structure. But that, this was one of the first. <laughs> I heard the word shim <laughs> thrown around. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> PC, that, PC. Yeah, that word was. 
was thrown around a little bit the shim <laughs> and it's, it was a possibility but this this is the first person who she met before the class started or the workshop started and she tells her that she doesn't have to chain her bike up that we're in Iowa but then her bike goes disappearing and so I do feel as if because she's not being well received and liked that could just be a let's play a trick on Hannah or teach this privileged girl a lesson Mm-hmm. And so you're right. You know, she could have had her bike stolen by you her. You think they're hazing her? Possibly. I could see that. Or maybe she has a crush on Hannah. She's like, oh, come get your bike back at my place. I found it, right? <laughs> After Honestly, hours. I, that, I really think because when you saw, and I don't, I didn't catch her name. I apologize, everyone out there. But when the girl that Marty and I were referring to, the female shim girl yeah. boy, <laughs> um, with all respect, the gothy looking, gothy looking yeah. girl. There you go. Um, when she was talking to Hannah, it was a really intense conversation, and Hannah got uncomfortable. But the girl, it was almost if it was a male in that role, you would think the guy was hitting on her. Mm-hmm. That's what I would. That's how I had to look outside the box. I really feel there was some kind of chemistry. But then the weird part was she kind of sold Hannah out in class a little right. bit. Well, she did. Ask, she she did say at one point she's like, "Okay, I'm going to unlock our stair now," mm-hmm. because she did find she found herself very uncomfortable in their conversation. I think that she's definitely sizing her up to a certain degree because you know, as they call her out in class after the reading, you know, the the one girl she said, "I just feel like this story is about you know a really privileged girl who allows you know someone to abuse her," mm-hmm. and. Hannah comes off as a privileged girl. Yeah, she does. Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't have any relatable depth. There's nothing that you can connect with her. And so because she's aloof and she has no sense of people or relationships or the way that she's being received or if not received at all, you kind of get... You get put to the side because it just becomes all about Hannah. So it lets you know, oh, you were babied. You were told you were special one too many times. And it's exactly <laughs> that. It's exactly that. You know, anyone, the way that she comes off by putting a disclaimer in the beginning of her her paragraph that she reads off and then going and interrupting beforehand. I mean, look at D. August who goes and does his um, his story beforehand. I mean, first of all, the commenta- the comments after he reads his story were hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. I mean, first of all, um, the one person, I forgot the one person was like, oh, this is the best piece that I've read. Um, Logan, Logan. Yes. Best piece that I've ever read. And then, um, uh, goth chick is like this is gut wrenching and then Chen Chong is that his name? It is uh, last Chester, name is Chong. Chester, Chester Chong. Chong. Chester Chong. Chester Chong was like you know it was fair and kind offensive but not offensive you know and then um, the other guy he's like I want to cut my arm off just so I can you know have you write three more pages so I can learn more you know so I can hear more you know he didn't ha- August didn't have a disclaimer it was just very it was fiction it was uh, raw you know, it was about some kid going back in and coloring a tooth or drawing a tooth afterwards. It was very morbid and different, but... Confidence. He had confidence. Yeah. You know, it, it kept them wanting more, and it had nothing to do with him as a person. Well, he also came to, very confidently, Hannah's defense when they were getting on her. He mm-hmm. was saying, you know, well, there's nothing wrong with her writing from personal experience as long as, you know, she's pulling something from that character and they're like no no it's just like her but the character his his fiction could have been a realistic experience yeah. that he did as well we don't know where he came from or his background he could have been writing about his mom yeah and been you know defensive for her because of that but everybody was kissing his ass 
So he didn't get any constructive criticism back. Where Hannah was, un- you can tell she was a little bit hating on it too, because she was like, oh, well, I just have an idea that the mom's going to be dead after this anyways. So she was like ready once again all about Hannah. And that's why the instructor says, well, let's start on you, Hannah. You brought up a good point. Do you think that that comment that she made, that's why he came to her, that could be one of the reasons he came to her defense, because Probably. she's the only one who actually gave a negative, gave honest feedback back. She wasn't kissing his butt. Do you think that could be a reason he maybe has more respect for her than the others? Um, I think that he realizes that writing is a pledge process. Like how you guys were kind of saying, you know, do you think that she's getting pledged in? I think that he realized that she kind of has a long way to go. And I think that (laughs) it was more sympathy for her and just being the all-around well-liked guy. And that is what Jesus would do. So therefore, D. August is going to do this. <laughs> you know? I don't think that it was um, a being able to relate to her so much as it was, let me do the right thing in this situation and defend the weak. Well, we see it um, after they wind up leaving class. He winds up waiting for her. Mm-hmm. And to, to say to her, like, look, you know, everyone sat there pretty much criticized her work and you know she says she's going to go back and she's going to you know he invites her out for one and then she's like she declines the offer because she's going to sit and think about all the criticism and he's <laughs> like no dude like what are you talking about suck it up pretty much is what he says to her he says to her that you know you're going to hear a lot of these throughout you know this process and you're just going to have to suck it up there's going to be a lot of criticism and Hannah doesn't really take criticism well and we Mm -hmm. see that when people are when she's constantly interrupting and the teacher's like no 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 this is not the time for you to get into the middle of this like you need to hear everyone's perspective and then you can talk and he goes to her defense but I think it's and and after he goes to her her defense he waits to to meet with her so that way he can say to her like look this is going to happen often mm-hmm. and you're going to have to get used to it because this is what's going to make you a better writer. Mm-hmm. But wasn't this similar to what Marnie experienced last episode with Elijah? This whole get tough, like you got to get it together. The industry that you're trying to pursue is not going to be fluffy pillows and whipped cream. Like it's going to be. Not for sissies. Yeah, it's not for sissies. Like this is the same speech that Hannah's having to receive now. I don't know. Do you guys think this is a theme? Maybe. Um, it, it actually very well could be toughen the hell up. <laughs> like, grow up, girls. <laughs> I do have a question this episode, though. I don't know what you guys think, but she didn't talk to Adam at all. And then when she talked yeah. to Marnie, I thought that was really odd because for like a second there, I thought, did they break up? That's What's what I going thought, too. On? Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think because they, they left it last episode that they don't really have a plan. We saw that. There's no plan to talk. There's no plan to let's, let's, you know, why don't we speak every Sunday? Why don't we speak every night at 7 p.m.? Like, there's no plan. And therefore, when, when Marnie and her were speaking via Skype, she was like, don't tell me about him. Yes, their interaction was weird, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Yeah. Well, but you also saw, and this is, we'll, we'll probably touch on this more later, but when they went to the party and she saw the girl crying, that could be where Hannah came from when she was addressing the girl and telling her to, you know, get your big girl panties on, go out there, go find a man, it's, a, it's about you. I'm saying this uh, very PC because the conversation was not PC. <laughs> but uh, it, maybe that's what she said because, you know, she mentioned, uh, I think the girl said her boyfriend went to another college out right. in another in De- another city or something. In Des Moines, right? Iowa. It was super far away in <laughs> Iowa. I mean, it's, you know. But so maybe that's where Hannah was coming from. You know, he, my boyfriend's across the country or ex or whatever they are, and you got to do what you're going to do because he's going to do what he's going to do. Right. 
Right. Yeah. And maybe that goes with the theme that you brought up is maybe it's suck it up and move on. Right. Oh, yeah. That would be an underlying thing to it. Right. I think that that was almost a pep talk to Hannah herself. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. she she saw in that girl while she was crying there a little reflection of herself mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. because it's like, whoa. And, and we saw it to rewind a little back we saw it when Hannah was in her big house and the bat came into the house and prior to the bat coming in the house she's looking at her phone and she's looking at you know those those photo booth pictures of her and Adam we see that she's clearly missing him mm-hmm. you know she doesn't know when because there's no plan to to communicate but just call. I don't understand why she didn't just call. The way that she's FaceTiming Marnie, she can be doing that with Adam. Girl, I've been in long-distance relationships, and I always ask the same question. Just call. <laughs> just call. It's the it's same. It's, it is all it's a game. It, it's games. The bigger person picks up the phone, and neither of them are in that place. But in my opinion. And then, see, that goes towards her immaturity, though. Because she thinks, you know, she's 25. She's seen life. She's lived. She doesn't know anything. And in the meanwhile, yeah. she's wondering what he's doing. Yeah. You know, she's hurting. When all she needed to do was reach out and touch him. Just That's reach true. out and pick up the phone. So, it's yeah, it's just, it's disappointing that her and Adam are at this place. Because they came so far to finally being together to now, you know, be Retracting all this progress and steps that they made. It's well, like you said, well, sorry, like you, she said last week, spicy. Uh, no plan. As like, what did you say? Right, no, no plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you have no plan. You plan to fail. Yeah. Then, and that's what that's is happening with them right now because. You said, you know, they don't have a scheduled time to speak, mm-hmm. and so with that, you see her just kind of. She's going through life. She's not uh, relaying to him what's going on in her day. So them growing together isn't even going to be an option. When you're not communicating your daily rituals or, you know, what's happening with you, you kind of just fall apart because you don't know or keep take accountability to one another. She has no idea what's going on with Adam out there. No, not at all. And and that's – I think we'll see a lot of that. And, and um, it's unfortunate, but – she should be focusing on, you know, the matter at hand, the task at hand, which is, you know, her being in Iowa and her writing, ultimately. Well, several, ultimately. several times there was characters that were, like, randomly introduced that invited her out that I was like, oh, well, maybe that's going to be the next Adam, or maybe that's going to be the next Adam. I thought maybe the cashier at the bookstore, I thought the guy walking by who invited her to the playing, um, to, like, a live band <laughs> thing that he was doing at the Yacht Club. Like, there were certain instances where random guys were introduced, and I thought that maybe she was going to have a hookup or something, but it wasn't actually her that hooked up with randoms. It was Elijah. <laughs> to Elijah. He butched, it up. he butched it up on this show. He really did. He came in and was just kind of like, I'm going to prey on these undergrad kids and found him a little hot guy to scoop up and take upstairs. Well, I was really happy to see that Elijah came into the picture because prior to, her, to Elijah coming into the picture, we see that she's kind of at a loss. You know, she's she's at the bar. You know, she, she gets her bike stolen. She's at the bar with Logan and that was an interesting conversation between her and Logan, where, you know, Logan is telling her how powerful stories can be regarding her writing. And it, it dawns on on uh, on Hannah at that moment that maybe Logan was, you know, had a sexual experience or, or maybe that the story rang true, that there was some sort of trigger. Hannah's story triggered Logan in some way. And, you know, what did she say? She goes, this is the information age. Right. She's like, nothing is TMI anymore. This is the information age. But in that moment, did you really think that that was a personal experience that Logan had? No. Not at all. Mm -hmm. I think Hannah just, once again, can't take constructive criticism. So she was trying to 
apply people getting emotional over her story and not agreeing with it to, oh, well, you must be experiencing that. That's why, you know, that you were so affected by my story. That's why yeah. you didn't like it. No, it just, they just thought it sucked. <laughs> no, well, she her body language, it. I think, I feel like there is some history with her because her body language, because she looked so uncomfortable when Hannah confronted her. So you that do she, think that she was abused? Because she was, she kept looking back and she got look su- her in the eye. She got so uncomfortable. That's what. That's why I thought. Well, okay. I mean, it, but people, someone like Logan looks like she comes from a conservative family where right. they don't necessarily talk about sex at the dinner table or at all. So it's it's kind of a fifty fifty kind of thing. It's like. Could something have happened to her? Or that's just stuff you never talk about. It's very taboo. So it's it's hard to say. It could have made her uncomfortable without it being her personal experience. Yeah. She looks so uncomfortable. And for her to be able to critique yes, those yeah. pieces during class and be open about it and after a few drinks not be able to, not be able to explain to Hannah, no, actually, th- this didn't happen to me or this happened to me. That's the only reason... I kind of picked it up, and it's also the Midwest, so people yeah. tend to be a little more reserved. And that, to me, and this is just my opinion, but it came across as her trying to get out of the situation. Like, hmm. where I don't know the guy. I forgot well, she the guy's did name, but, say you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. She yeah. never said no. That didn't happen to me. So uh, you could be onto something, Tomas. You we, could. We want to know what you guys think. <laughs> yeah, Go to no. iTunes, download us, rate us, tell us what you think. Could Logan have been? I don't know. Had a crazy sexual experience? Was she, you know, evading the the? conversation the question we want to know um after of course she has this conversation with uh logan she leaves the bar and she finds herself really feeling out of place so what does she do she lost her cell phone she goes and she tries to collect call shoshana and jessa which do you i didn't even realize you could collect call a cell phone there was a payphone i thought that was amazing a payphone they do they still exist they're not an urban legend (laughs) when i see one i'm like holy cow you want to take a picture next to it i do i did i took a picture recently of one i was like what is this i I love how shoshana was like i don't know what this is like it's hannah but she's talking really fast i don't know what to do it's like what are all these zeros have they never seen a collect call and then jessa is like what's going on do you want me to pause it they're watching scan in the background, so and it happened to be the the episode where there was a physical assault um, on that show. So I thought that, that was funny that that was the background show that they were watching. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Of course, since Shoshana doesn't know how to answer the call, she rejects it, and so Hannah's now forced to collect call her parents, which. They're just the funniest couple. Yeah, I love her parents. They're like cluelessly. But that's why she's clueless. I yeah. blame her parents, mm-hmm. and I blame all parents for having clueless kids that are clueless. Like, the, it, she is a product of her parents. You can't yeah. blame Hannah because look at how her parents treat her. She's talking about suicide, and they're like, "Oh, we want to get back to our Scrabble game." Hannah. Well, no, the mom first said, "Yeah, that that's, that's normal." normal. Yeah. No, but you should I, I, say, I, "What's going on?" Like, are you <laughs> thinking about suicide? Like, okay? that didn't even register yeah. to them that their daughter is having suicidal thoughts. She said, um, no, I totally agree with you. The mom said, oh, that's normal. When I'm on the top of a parking structure, I think I could jump. And then the dad said, yeah, when you're holding a baby, I think I could drop the baby. She said, no, she did drop Hannah. Or she dro- <laughs> <laughs> that right, explains yeah. a lot. <laughs> that explains a lot. But I mean, in all honesty, when Hannah asked that question, did you for a second think, have you thought that too? What do you mean? What she was experiencing? Have we ever experienced it? When Hannah asked that question, Mom, have you ever thought about committing suicide to get out of that situation? For a second, I'm like, wow, 
I think I've had that discussion with people. Not that I've had that thought, mm-hmm. but I'm like, that's an honest question to ask someone. Not that you're contemplating it, but I mean, everybody's thought about it. Just like everybody's thought about threesomes and eating whatever you want in life. Like everybody's had those, cra- you know, you think about all those things, but I don't even think that Hannah was serious in her thought process. I think it was just a cry for attention, That's not a cry for ask. help. Mm-hmm. It that was just was Hannah needing attention in that moment because I've been under pressure in school and I've been like, gosh, I could jump from the tallest building right now. But I think it's hers is so not even serious. She hasn't even started class. This is a workshop and she's committing suicide because they don't like her one essay. I'm not saying that she's not. <laughs> Do you think that could be her parents just they're ignoring her also? Maybe that would be the yeah. reason they're like, uh... Because they know how they overdramatic she is. Yeah. Absolutely. She's definitely reaching for attention. But I, I, what I'm getting at is Lena Dunham is now bringing to the surface of things that people actually contemplate think about. and think about. Yeah. And she's putting it in her writing. And so here we have this character who's going through this completely life-changing experience and is reaching. She's, she's feeling a little out of control. You know, she doesn't have her friends around. She's feeling rejection because her her classmates not accepting or embracing her and her writing, which is supposed to be a reflection of her. She doesn't feel acceptance. Absolutely. And she's losing. She's lost her boyfriend. She doesn't have her friends around. Her parents are clearly playing Scrabble and not paying attention to the conversation. So what does she do? She throws out this whole suicide. Mm-hmm. She does. She does exactly what a Hannah would do. Right. It made me really happy that Elijah's there with her, though. I'm not. I okay. So I'm. I'm gonna be <laughs> the anti. I like Elijah's character. Do I think that he needed to follow Hannah to Iowa for this season to work? No, I don't. I think that that was kind of a. This is a way for us to incorporate Elijah into the storyline. So we're going to make it that all of a sudden he's over New York so that he can somehow wind up moving into her ginormous house and helping Hannah cope and get through all of the things. So once again, she's still going to have her crutch there. She's not going to be alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's codependency. Exactly. Well, he's definitely a leech. And we've seen that over the years um, and over the seasons regarding his character. We saw it with his Broadway boyfriend. We've seen it with him and Hannah and their relationship before. Um, so it's not surprising that he would just show up at her doorstep in Iowa. And it's actually a perfect opportunity for Hannah to have somebody there. She's She... She, even though we've seen her evolve, she's not that evolved. So it works out for her to have somebody leeching off of her. She's leeched off of Marty. Now it's time for someone to leech off of her and Elijah's the perfect person of the perfect distraction and so you know the fact that he like shows up and is like half naked inside of her house is kind of fun and awesome I feel like they're gonna end up getting it on again really that's your prediction again (laughs) she was looking at him a little too heavy no, not while he's like jacking up, you know, jacking off I mean, other people like, at can, parties. Can I don't we, think he's got to pay can rent. Can we talk about that oh comment? Best comment of the night. I'm, I'm not gay. Yeah, me neither, bro. <laughs> I love that comment. That was that both was awesome. of them in the bathroom. Yeah, well, that's how all parties go. Every party I go to, <laughs> he's definitely going to be the guy that's that's going to help young boys in college discover their sexuality. It's going to be a revolving door at that house. I just think he's making it 
a lot easier for her and it's going to be harder for her to grow when she's able to be dependent on her friend from back home. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like the concept of her being with these new classmates and being criticized because she needs to grow up and it was very similar to her first experience at GQ. She's sitting once again at a round table with other people critiquing her work and she can't handle it. Well, the funny thing about the GQ thing last season was she was the one that was getting glorified for all of the great ideas versus... This is the opposite. When she was at GQ and they're sitting there giving ideas, they were like, the chick with the glasses, like, love it, love it, love it. It's the opposite this time. People were like, no, we're not into that. So the tables but it turned. But it was an environment where she was making new friends. I like that she was making, you know, coworker friends. And I like her being able to make classmate friends. And so if she has, I feel like, Elijah there, she's going to run to them and not to the people that might potentially help her grow. We're dealing also with, like, and, and not that I'm being, I'm just putting my disclaimer now. <laughs> We're dealing, you know, New York, a little bit more open-minded. Iowa, not so much. True. True. You know, mm-hmm. and so it, it's it's a different environment that she's in. And, and so they're not going to be as open-minded with her crazy sexual escapades and her writing style. Where in New York, they're like, yeah, that works. They embrace it more, yeah. You know, so she's going to have to somehow find that happy medium in her writing style, in her approach. And, um, you know, when we see her at that party, I like the way she was able to let go. In fact, having Elijah there to help her let go is, I think, what she needed. Maybe it'll help mm-hmm. her open up her creativity. I mean, we see her getting wild and, and giving yeah. advice in the bathroom, which how oh, sneaky <laughs> was that? You know, the girls crying over her boyfriend being in town or being in Des Moines, Iowa. And, you know, she uses that as a, as a way to cut in line and go to the bathroom before her. Um, the wording, though, was amazing because at the same time, while she's telling the girl to grow up, get it on, you go find yours, you get your man, and, you know, you go to bed. It's time Eliza's, to bust a nut. Eliza's upstairs <laughs> busting his nut, and I just thought that was hilarious. At the same time, they're both talking about it. One's talking and one's doing it. I just thought it was funny. I do like, though, that he he was a way to let her be more free-spirited and let loose. I mean, she was partying. She was turning up. She There was a jello tub, and she's like, what, jello fighting with yeah. someone? And she's drinking. She's pouring out her drink I like for the homies, <laughs> like you guys were saying. <laughs> pouring it out for the homies. It was hilarious. She was freaking all night long. Like, no, she was having a good time, and I think that's what she needed. But once again, she was having an undergraduate experience Experience, and she's a graduate now, so she had to, you know, it, it closes with her walking away with Elijah and saying she wishes she can stay an undergraduate because that's easier. That's when, you know, th- those were the good old days. That's when you don't have to worry and be responsible. And now she has to be this responsible person. Well, and I liked how the ending, it ended very happy in Pleasantville, and it's just a sign that, you know, a lot of times it doesn't always continue, or most of the time it won't. I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, we're very excited to see what happens in the next episode. But shall we get to a little news and gossip before we predict? Yeah. Sure. After Buzz TV News. So, in news, um, well, ratings this season are about, I think they said 35 to 40% down they, oh, than no. what they expected. Not a lot of people showed up. And considering that they had the analingus scene last week, which they thought more people would show up for that. But... Last week, they um, they said that Brian Williams sat down to watch the episode. Wow. Yes. Daddy watched the episode of his little darling daughter getting her ass eaten out. And um, <laughs> when asked, what did you think about the episode? He actually took the diplomatic 
route and answered, you know, she's an actress and this is her job and this is her trade. No one got hurt. No one got injured. So, you know, that's that. Oh, good so, answer. Yeah, very Your diplomatic. Dad. I'm like, I don't know if I could see my little girl getting her ass eaten out like that. So good for you, <laughs> Brian Williams. You know, I don't know if I could do it, but... It yeah. was very. It was a very spoken about scene on Monday. That's all we can say. So. That is pretty funny. I wonder yeah. why the ratings are dropping. If you guys um, had to speculate, what would you say? You know, they're saying that it could possibly be a lot of the attention that Lena Dunham's been getting, um, you know, coming out, speaking uh, politically against, you know, not really against, but about, you know, conservative men and conservative women. And so she said they're saying she's possibly losing that audience. That could be it. Um, there was a big controversy over the summer about her speaking, you know, her, her new book that she just uh, had come out. There could be, there's a lot of speculation about a lot of the um, political stuff that she's been coming so out. So it's more personal towards maybe the, to Lena, not so much yeah. towards the writing? Yeah. Okay. But that, you know, in the, in my undergrad, uh, when we had jello shot parties and stuff like that, <laughs> and people rolling around in jello, in between those parties at class, uh, professors would explain that a lot of times you want to keep your, your opinion's neutral because it, that can like that can, it can affect mm-hmm. the book is different but sometimes you know who knows maybe she had a ton of conservative viewers and they love watching this fictional character but when they see it you know speaking out in the news or speaking out in a tabloid or in a, a blog or something like that it could turn them off Absolutely. She came out over the summer speaking about her relationship with her sister and how they wound up sharing, you know, a room up until a certain point in age and how they wound up sharing a bed because her sister couldn't sleep. And um, there was speculation about molestation. And so, you know, she came out saying, no, that that didn't happen. So there was a lot of controversy. And so that they're saying that that could have possibly hurt, mm-hmm. you know, her audience because, you know, a lot of a lot of people that watch the show could be conservative and even though this is a very realistic show on how it is in the real world you know get it together sweetheart this is you know yeah <laughs> get it together well in, in response to that a lot of when it comes to people liking you as an actress they want to like you as a person too and yeah. so if you're not likable as a person anymore in the in the real world and the reality of it they may dislike start to dislike your character or the character that you're playing yeah so mm-hmm. it could very well be a reflection of that or it could just be that the writing might not be as good no I still love no, it I still love it it's harder for women <laughs> than it is men I feel like uh, if uh, a male actor is outspoken about something I feel yeah. it's a lot easier than for a female because a lot of times women you guys can be just brutal to each other no offense but I mean yeah. I, f- oh, no. I feel like if, if it was a male part, yeah. it would be different yeah that so, could be it. yeah so shall we get to prediction prediction predictions it is and now you're after buzz TV predictions so my lovelies where do we think things will go next. I mean, we saw in the previews that uh, Jessa and Adam get arrested. They're hanging out. They are. They are. So, based on Candace's prediction last week, which was, there's a feeling that the two will hook up. I could see that. They get arrested in the preview. What do we think happened? Why did they get arrested? What's your guess? My guess is Jessa probably got picked up off the street for doing something, and Adam's going to come to her defense, and mm-hmm. he's going to be the one that's getting thrown in jail also, and maybe it's going to really kind of screw up his act. 
acting job or something. I I can see that, but I feel like it's going to get, I feel like Marnie's going to find out about it, report it back to Hannah, and Hannah's going to be like, oh no, Jessa and Adam, and take it very personal that they're hanging out together without her, because she does know how sexual and free-spirited Jessa is. I feel like Jessa was probably selling pot or something, that's what she got picked Mm -hmm. up for, because it looked something odd like that. It was something that's not, she wasn't breaking the law in a huge way, but she was still breaking the law on the cops, that's why they were, you know, arresting her, and he probably came to her defense, like you said, and... I don't know. I'm feeling like, uh, what's that Django Unchained actress? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a sexual oh, inappropriate gosh, yes. in, in public situation. Oh, you think they were doing something? I think they were doing something in public. They got a ticket for it. And, you know, because she ripped it up. I could see her doing that, mm-hmm. actually. So a little a little too much PDA TMI in public. And that's what's going to trigger Hannah to freak out. I would love to see Hannah um, start dating D-August. I think that Ooh. he could make her grow up a little bit, and I think that that would be a pretty cool thing to show um, an interracial couple on the relation on the on the show. She did before. Well, I'm talking about for herself though with him. She who did she have an interracial relationship with before? She was dating the one guy in season was it season one? Oh, yes, wait, you're who? Right. Brief though. It was like brief, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that because he's more obviously or he's more well received, but I think he's also more mature in his writing. I think he could help her out a lot. So I think that that would be cool if maybe he feels sorry for her and then he starts coming around more and they start dating because he's almost the opposite of Adam. I feel like he's more he knows himself better. That might be too mature of a relationship for her though. I could see that happening, and when they in class, for some reason I picked that up because they, they tend to focus on him a lot during that class session, mm-hmm. out of everybody else. Yeah, so he's definitely going to be a repeat character. Yeah. I see that. So, of mature relationships and not coming to terms of the fact that it's not a mature relationship, Desi and Marnie, she's not accepting the fact that she's in a she's she's the mistress, and it isn't a fair. Marnie really thinks that she can take. Clementine's boyfriend. Like, she really has it in her mind that he's going to come to the light, see how amazing that she is, and choose her. But that's what every mistress thinks. And that's why they stay on the sidelines and don't get chosen at the end. Because it's cheaper to keep her. So you're not going to (laughs) leave your main boo for the side chick. You're just not going to do that. I mean, And the thrill's gone, too. When you're done, your thrill's gone. So then you move on to something. That's what they do. They move on to something else. Right. Like, one out of ten you know, mistresses get chosen to really settle down and buckle down with. I mean, come on. He, she is knitting him a scarf. And for all we know, she's putting, like, pockets of her hair in in, in the weaves of the scarf. She's knitting him a, a scarf to, so she could be with him at all times. All but the time. What I don't understand is she already knows Creepy. that she has daddy yeah. issues. Like, she needs to get therapy for that because she's really <laughs> she's really thirsty and acting out. And she is chasing after thirsty, men I like that. for this... Yeah self-love and needing of, you know, approval because she's not giving herself love. So she's get, trying to get it from other people and that's not going to happen. They're not going to love her. So she needs to love herself before she can start dating, period. She needs to take a chill pill because she's always throwing herself at somebody. We all drank to that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we all drank to that. I think that Elijah... Marty drives me nuts. Sorry. <laughs> I have a prediction on Elijah. I feel like he's going to move in. It's going to start out well and they're going to start having problems. Mm. I also think that it's going to be revolving door of swords 
and he's going to have people in and out, in and out. And then there's going to be some kind of mess happen. I don't know if there's like a backlash from conservatives or mess? something. Like semen all over the sheets kind of mess? Or what do you mean? That, that will probably happen many times. But some kind of, um, like, and he's, because he, he talks about how accepting people are. And remember, it's the Midwest. People are nice. Oh, they're nice. But yeah. they're not always accepting. So I feel like there's going to be. And his ex was really mean to him, too. So he probably needs kindness right now. Something's going to happen there. And then I feel the girl that with the straw jaw, strong jawline. jawline, I feel like she, that she's going to intertwine more in his and um his and her life as well oh so you think that she may possibly turn hannah out like maybe lesbian experiences i don't know there's going to be something weird with that i just have a, it was too intense of a connection but yeah. I, I see her ultimately dating the the guy uh dan d'august d'august d'angelo i think that um elijah being in the house is a good thing and if there is a revolving door if there is a revolving door i think that one It'll bring more parties into the house. So it's a good thing that she has a house. Two, it may bring out the creativity in Hannah to write more interesting stories because she'll have more in front of her. I think that Elijah will bring out the social aspect of Hannah that she's longing for Mm -hmm. in Iowa that she's not going to get by herself because people hate her. (laughs) <laughs> you get, you She's up. not like a boy. They hate her in Iowa. Let's just get that right. One, one more prediction. I have a feeling she's going to, because Hannah's lazy, her character is a very lazy person. Oh, yeah. She's going to switch from writing about herself to Elijah's experiences. Yes. Mm. And then it's going to come out and people are going to know and he's going to be really upset. That's awesome. I love yeah, that. Love that idea. Okay. I am digging these predictions. Snaps for you, Tom. Snaps. Yes. <laughs> we want to know what you guys think. Go to iTunes, download us, rate us, make comments. Let us know what you think. Where can they find you guys on Twitter? At Thomas Guide, T-O-M-A-S-G-U-I-D-E. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Candy Buen, C-A-N-D-I-E-B-U-E-N. And you guys can play with my Twitter at Spicy underscore Mari or stroke my Instagram at Spicy underscore Mari. (laughs) You can follow us on AfterBuzzTV.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at at AfterBuzzTV. You can also follow me, Miriam L. Gonzalez, on Twitter. We will see you guys next Sunday here for season four, episode three of Girls. Until next week, have a great rest of your day. Nice. (laughs) Sunday. Cheers. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 